welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav dekha and you are money hello my friends how have you been today i bring to you a very special episode it's called why money coaching is from a work for me and i want to talk a lot about coaching here things that i do inside atips and how it all boils down to trauma work in the beginning it may feel a little complex but i'm going to break it down for you step by step but before i go there i want to actually share a celebration posts inside atips we have this thing called hashtag #celebration inside atips and i want to share what one of our students and clients inside atips has shared so this is by shrividyaranjani and she says it's a long one but it's worth hearing and it's worth knowing so listen to it she says hi all this post is very close to my heart i started my coaching business and skincare business almost around the same time but my focus on skincare brand was less as it involved external factors like raw materials and shipping during the covid which actually made me focus on it less fast forward to 2022 i attended an event on march 8th for women's day to meet fellow entrepreneurs and we created a vision board i was very clear on making natural lipstick when i hadn't even found what are the ingredients that goes in or how to source the materials few months back i launched it successfully and then came a crazy idea of making live natural lipstick customized just for everyone and put up a stall that happened this saturday sunday for christmas event yay she says day 1 i went there with so much excitement and i made only two sales I was so disappointed and my parents literally felt pity because of the hard work that I had put into this whole process. Day 2, I pinged Gaurav Dekha and told about this. I just expected some wishes, but he gave me a crazy DTB, which is deliberate thought building. I immediately became super confident and he even suggested me to watch the last 10 minutes of the latest coaching call recording. I did that and continued affirming the DTB throughout and guess what my day 2 was really good it hit the break even in few hours and crossed that at the end of the day yes i made profits finally i'm super grateful to gorav for always going that extra mile for his clients and i'm so happy to share the success with all of you and then she shares a beautiful picture of her stall with natural lipstick that she has made she has crafted and i cannot tell you how happy i am for shrividya in this moment that the fact that we could just find certain sentences find certain thoughts in our conversation or in our brain and then all we need to do is believe in those thoughts and then they take shape then they take form which is what is the crux of the deliberate thought building process we find thoughts inside our brain which are going to which we deliberately practice 
and which eventually show up in reality. We just keep practicing it. And I want to talk a little bit about that because in the last one year, I have been a part of at least three major coaching programs in the world. And there are th these are all different kinds of coaching programs. But the common things that I keep finding in these programs are there's a lot of talk about thoughts. Even I do that. There's a lot of uh, you know talk about mindset, like developing a certain kind of mindset, abundant mindset, or a mindset that is strong, powerful, is able to believe in your own thoughts. There's a lot of talk about being authentic in your marketing and doing organic marketing, having certain strategies of, so that you can problem solve for your clients. And then of course, you know, creating a sales process, which is easy, which can, um, which can happen, you know, in a short span of time or which has, which doesn't have a lot of steps, right? And then a lot of talk around business and how business should happen and structures and figures, all of that, right? Which is usually parts of any kind of business coaching program that you may go to, which has been my experience. And to be honest, to be truthful, all of these experiences and all of these learnings have majorly helped me. It's not that I have learned something new or, you know, groundbreaking or magical that I've been able to, you know, um, up my sales like magically in a matter of minutes or, you know, weeks or months. <laughs> but what I want to say is I kept finding different kind of beliefs, different forms of thoughts different kinds of sentences in my head, in my brain, that I had to and I could go on practicing every day, feeling better and better about myself, which also affected my energy, which is why I'm able to produce at such a rate, at such a um, speed, I would say, you know, and the kind of content that I'm able to create. You all know that I have an email subscription where I deliver email coaching on Substack. It's drgauravdeka.substack.com. You also know that I have a Facebook group where I post consistently. Then, of course, my Instagram is flooded with information and value. It's like, it's like a mini coaching container. A lot of people tell me that. And then, of course, this podcast. And then there is also a podcast on Substack. The fact that I'm able to produce all of this content also comes from the fact that I have consistently invested in coaching programs, again, not to learn something great, new, or groundbreaking, but to be able to practice what I already know, to be able to stay in beliefs and thoughts that actually help me make money to be able to feel great and in demand about myself and the fact that I can be visible, the fact that whatever I have got to speak, people are willing to believe in it and people are willing to listen to it and that people are going to also find great value in it. You know, to 
had this kind of power and confidence and strength, all of these programs have really, really helped me. But there is one thing that I had to ask myself that I have done a ton load of trauma work and therapy on myself. I began my own therapy journey many, many years back. It's more than 10 years back. Not only my journey of becoming a therapist and working with trauma for clients, but also I underwent several sessions with many, many regression therapists. Which, you know, all of these therapists helped me to go back to my past, to my childhood, to different experiences, which we call past life regression therapy, to intergenerational lines, to my lineages, to find out all the traumas that are hidden and in the unconscious, and basically come to a state where I am able to regulate my nervous system. I'm able to be in the stable state where I'm able to choose my feelings and thoughts and to be empowered enough to spend my day-to-day -day life without these unconscious reactions of, let's say, things like frustration or anger or desperation or anxiety. That has happened because of all the trauma work that I have been through as a client which is why I am today able to have and cultivate a brain where I can choose my thoughts. I have that power, right? And I had to ask myself this question. I am able to do this because I have a refined, regulated, stable nervous system that can interact with its environment without feeling threatened and is able to stabilize itself, regulate itself. But can everyone do it? That was my question. Can everyone do it? And that made me wonder, you know, that made me actually go back and ask myself that all of these things like the mindset or the thought work or exploring limiting beliefs, like, like strategy-oriented work, knowing how to um, write down, you know, your marketing plans, having a funnel-based system, all these analytical, rational um, thinking and, and actions which require focus, which require you to uh, be able to sit in one place and think in one direction and then formulate the plan. All these very rational analytical thinking comes from the prefrontal cortex, even some, you know, something simple as DTB, deliberate thought building. To be able to deliberately think in a certain way and direction and towards a certain goal, you will have to think it from your prefrontal cortex. Prefrontal cortex is a part of your brain, which is located in the newer part of your brain. So to explain this, I recently did a masterclass with one of my amazing friends, Suniti Barua. She happens to be a psychotherapist and also an inner child therapist. And in that program, in that masterclass, I, I spoke about human evolution. And I said that if human evolution could have happened in one hour, then the evolution of the 
neocortex, which is the newer part of the brain, the frontal part of the brain where prefrontal cortex is located, will cover only one minute, which means that it is the newest part. It's the part of the brain that has come so much later in the process of human evolution, the evolution of the brain and the nervous system. 59 minutes would be covered by the primitive part of the brain and the limbic brain and the spinal cord and the rest of the nervous system. Which means that the more dominant part of the brain is actually our limbic brain and our reptilian or primitive brain. And therefore, not all of us can choose to inhabit the prefrontal cortex in a safe, secure way. And not all of us are privileged enough to choose our thoughts in a deliberate way. So to be able to be present in the prefrontal cortex and choose our thoughts also means that we are able to be present in the present moment. We are able to feel safe inside our body. In the polyvagal theory, context, we would call it being in the ventral state of your nervous system. When you feel safe, secure, grounded, you can engage socially, and you are in this very moment. But every one of us can't be. We are not privileged with that kind of nervous system because we have been through traumatic, fracturing, and conflicting experiences in our childhood. Even if we have not gone through it in our childhood, there might be such conflicting and traumatic experiences in our ancestral line, in our lineages that have been passed down to us. We all know that there is a subject, an area called epigenetics. Epi means above, above genetics. And we know that traumatic experiences in any ancestral lineage or in the intergenerational line can actually be imprinted into the sperm and the ova. And basically it can cause gene changes. Expression, in, ex, expression of gene can change because of traumatic experiences and they can be passed down, right? So that's what happens. Even if you may not have childhood trauma, there might be other experiences in your ancestral line that can be passed down to you via epigenetics, epigenetic changes, right? Which basically changes the gene expression and can come down to you through your father's sperm and mom's ova and also can go from you to your children, right? So what I wanted to say is there are experiences in our life which may compromise our ability to be present in our prefrontal cortex and do thought work or do mindset work or make rational decisions or make analytical choices, develop a business plan, which is why some of us feel constantly exhausted even to make a post. We don't feel like taking a phone call of a prospective client because we feel that God knows what is going to happen. What are they going to say? 
And there is a sensation that appears in the body that cannot be rationalized by the brain because the body, which is the nervous system, just begins to feel unsafe, right? Which means that we don't have capacity in our body, in our nervous system to be present to what needs to be done. I see so much happening in the coaching industry that believe in this thought, believe in that thought, believe that you are valuable. Even I say that. Believe that you can do it. Believe that people love you and clients are willing to work with you. I do that all the time on Instagram, or inside my container ATEPS. But I also, at the same time, I'm very interested and curious. And people who are already inside ATEPS will know how I do it exactly. I go into the feelings and I ask them that, okay, what are you feeling? What is this feeling inside your body? And many of them can't associate, can't link it to the body because so many of us grew disconnected with our body, right? I'll come, I'll come to that point later. But I go into the feelings, then I go into the body, and then I often go into the story that the body is willing to give me because all the feelings and all the experiences that we went through in our life are actually in our body. Our bodies are subconscious. Basil van der Kolk happens to be a psychiatrist and he wrote an amazing book. It's one of my most favorite books. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. And that's where he talks about how trauma is trapped in the body. And it may not be in the form of a legible, understandable, intelligent story, but in the form of scattered pieces that our intellectual mind or our rational thinking prefrontal cortex may not be able to make sense. Because while we were growing up, or maybe while we were in our mother's womb, what happened is our brain and our nervous system was still developing. And we were not equipped to make a very legible step-by-step -step sequential memory in order to understand what happened. But those feelings remain trapped in our body, in our tissues, in our cells, in our nervous system. Right? So let us say someone in my coaching says something like, no one wants to buy my offer. Or people just go frantic around money not coming and sales not happening in a certain week or a certain month. And they begin to become really anxious that, oh, I haven't made any money. What do I do? What do I do? And then we have these internal thoughts like, I am not valuable. Maybe people don't like me. As a coach, it is our responsibility to have some kind of system or some kind of support person or uh, supporting coach, whatever you call it. We need to have someone who can look deeper into these thoughts. I mean, it's so easy to dismiss that. Why are you having this thought? These thoughts don't help you. Or these thoughts don't help you create the result that you want to create. I mean, you can dismiss them. But the client 
who is experiencing them right now cannot dismiss them from their body. These thoughts have appeared in the brain and people have voiced it using language much later. Before that, they have appeared as sensations, vibrations in the body in the form of fear, anxiety, helplessness, or frustration. And it's so important to go into the depth of those feelings. In my coaching container, because I happen to be a trauma-trained therapist and expert, I do it myself. But in other coaching containers, I really feel that there should be someone, like the coach's job, of course, is to help them develop a more positive mindset, a more abundant you know, thinking, all of that is okay. But then they need to have supportive trainers or supportive coaches who can actually help the clients maybe either once a week or once a month, whatever the um, structure is, to help them explore it at the body and the somatic level and go down to where they come from. Not only to find out the very legible, understandable story, but to help clients stay with these feelings, to help clients communicate more with their body, to help clients achieve a more ventral state, ventral vagal state of nervous system so that they are able to not push away or shut down or numb out, but are able to stay with those feelings. Inside ATEPS, you know, one of our um, one of our coaches, one of our students, you know, she she is coming up with a with a program. You know, this is one of the coaching sessions, and she's very confused about her price. She has put up a price, but then she somehow is also hesitant about talking about that price. I mean, I'm looking at that thought, at that behavior in the form of a coach. And firstly, of course, I'm questioning her mindset and I'm asking her that, okay, what do you, what thoughts do you have about your price? And then she says, I just feel it's a lot. And I, I say that, why do, you, why do you feel it's a lot? I mean, can you just get in touch with the feeling? And then she wanted to answer. And I said, wait, don't answer. Just stay with the feeling for a moment and get in touch with your body. You might have an idea that what this feeling is. And Obviously, she said it's a feeling of fear. And I said, I, I needed to go deeper and, and just get in touch, thinking that people have already paid this price and they are inside your program. What's the feeling that you have? And then she says, I feel um, everyone is going to question me. And I said that, can you just imagine those questions that are coming to you? And she said that, and I think that they might just tell me that we paid so-and-so price and we want more value. We are not getting as much value. And, and I said, wait, wait a moment, like get into that feeling of when people tell you that I could have more for the price that I paid and I could have had more value. How do you feel? And then she said that I, I feel I could just do more and I haven't done enough. And I told her that, why don't you feel this feeling inside your body that I could do more, I haven't done enough. And the more you sort of repeat it, feel the reverberation of that sentence in your body and see where in the body do you have? And then she said that it's in my chest, it's in my back, it's in my stomach. 
And I said, where in the body is it maximum? And she said that it's in my chest and stomach, something like that. And then I said that, okay, now just allow yourself to stay with these feelings and, and just travel back in time to see where do, where is the origin of these feelings, you know, because there is a decision that I could do more, I haven't done enough. And then she topples down to a childhood experience with her mother. And we go through the whole experience. We travel through that experience. Why do I travel with people into these experiences? I mean, you may want to know as audience why I do that. And the reason I do that is because any traumatic experience, the reason that there is trauma is because when the experience happened, it was overwhelming. We could not process it. By processing, I simply mean that we could not feel this experience to the very end of that experience. Before we could reach the end, halfway down, we just shut ourselves. We froze or we, you know, turned aggressive and defensive or we just, you know, numbed ourselves out. All of these things happen inside trauma, just like just like an accident, you know, when an accident happens, people go into frenzy, they go into a shock, they are not able to process the experience, and therefore it keeps on haunting them later in life in a form of post-traumatic stress, right? So similarly, when we reach a state of overwhelm, we are not able to process it. This is exactly the reason why I travel with my clients inside the container through their experience, and most of the time, I tell them that don't intellectualize it. Don't tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me where in your body are you feeling. Tell me what happens when you go through the worst part of this experience. Tell me how do you feel when you are aware in your body that the experience has ended. Tell me how do you feel towards that part of you who, who has experienced it and now you can visualize it or you can feel it in your body, right? So it all goes down to inner child work. Sometimes it goes down to work in the past or maybe to a certain uh, version of them. Sometimes it also goes down to their intergenerational line, the li you know, the lives of their mom or the lives of their dad. So it's all interwined, right? And this is the reason why I travel. I could have just, you know, looked at that sentence where, which, where, where, where she said that I... Uh, people are telling me that I am. this is not the value that we expected, so we should get more value. And I could have taken her in the direction of, you know, um, but this is not the thought that should that is going to help you. And uh, you could, you know, you could just make the money by uh, believing that people want your offer and people want to work with you. All that is okay. I do that. It's not that I don't do, and it's on. It's not that I don't like doing it. I really like doing it because I also want to empower people, just like my coaches empower me. You know, all the coaching containers where I have, where I am, sometimes it's in the middle of the night, and I because some of those are in different time zones, and I have to attend. And I go there just to listen to these sentences, just so that someone can tell me that Gaurav, believe that people like you, believe that. People want to work with you. Believe that you are one of the best coaches, therapists working in India with the whole brown population and you are changing their mindset. And when I go there, I really, really, really feel inspired. I feel motivated. And which is the reason why I love thought work. 
But at the same time, I also love working with the body, working with feelings, and working with stories. If you are a subscriber to my Substack email coaching, you know that I love, you know, telling stories. I always um, coach all of you through my emails, people who read my emails and people get back to me and they say that there was such a resonance, you know, we could relate to your story and so much, you know, it could, it made so much sense because you are willing to tell the story. So this is the reason why I also love regression work and going back in time and exploring and journeying with my clients and finally completing the process of, you know, this trauma travel and bringing adequate amount of catharsis for my clients and helping them come back by integrating those parts which were scattered, which were fractured, which were conflicted, which, which were exiled from their bodies and they didn't know which is why it is so important for me to bring those parts back to them so that so that today they know they are safe. Today they know that they don't have to continue living the traumatic experience. Today they know that it's different and they are no longer maybe, you know, that traumatized or fearful or anxious, desperate child, right? This is why I love doing the trauma work that I do inside ATIPS. And I see money coaching as my kind of trauma work. Because everything is going to begin as a thought. People don't want my offer. I'm not getting sales. I don't think I can show up on a live because I will be judged. Nothing is working for me. This business is not cut out for me. I mean, these are all sentences, right? With a full stop at the end. It's like, it feels like a conclusion. But then below those sentences are feelings, right? There are feelings of fear, helplessness, desperation. Below those feelings is the body, which feel these feelings. So we have to drop down from the brain to the body. And below the body, you know, it's very subterranean, are those experiences, which are in a very scattered way, distributed all across the body, right? And distributed all across the psyche of the client and goes further back in time, not only to the life of the client, but also to the life of the, you know, of so many people related to the client, maybe their culture, their custom, the region they come from, the country they come from, the collective, the family, right? So, which is why these four aspects, all these four aspects are important. Thoughts, feelings, body, and experiences. And within experiences are, of course, traumatic events, right? For example, for me, coaching in groups or being in large groups was very difficult. You know, the the, the fact that today I'm able to coach so many people at one given moment of time is a miracle. Because I was really, really afraid of classrooms as a child. I was very scared of how people will look at me, how people will judge me. And I still remember my first experience of 
being a small little kid and my mom dropping me off at school on the first day. And I cried my guts out, my lungs almost coming out of my mouth. And I tried to like hold on to her and screaming and screeching. And the teacher took me inside. It was a very traumatic experience for me. And I just could not for the longest time associate and sort of, you know, hold on a conversation with any children there, even though I was like very, very young, must have been what, two and a half or three. But that formed an imprint in my body. And it's very difficult for me to inhabit a group. Also because in medical school, I had really traumatic experience of um, being judged. I, I am a queer person, I'm a queer man. And I was very aware of my identity, even in med school. And I came out quite early in life. And the kind of discrimination that I faced because of that in med school just made me feel that I, I'm not safe in groups. If I am in a group, even though those people are looking at me warmly, nicely, and they are talking great about me, I would just continue to feel unsafe because the moment I turn my back, they might just be talking about my queer identity. So this is how it was shaped. So even though my brain wanted to absolutely believe that the people that I'm talking to right now as a coach, you know, are all my students, they all love me, they want to listen to me. My body kept sending me different signals, which is I am not safe. There is threat. There is a group outside talking shit about you. That's the message that I kept on getting. So I really could not believe in the deliberate thoughts that, my, that, that I wanted to tell my brain that, hey, listen, brain, these are people who love me. These are people who care about me. These are people here gathered to, you know, they have paid for my event and have come together to actually listen to me. I just could not believe in that, right? Until I did the trauma work. The second thing, again, was, you know, I observed myself uh, throughout my career as a therapist, as well as a coach, that I would get extremely envious of people. I would get envious of fellow coaches at times. And then I would just begin to wonder, why am I feeling like this? I should not be feeling like this. This is not the right kind of feeling that I want to have. I was very aware of it, that this is not what I want to feel. I want to feel great about my um colleagues or people that I see. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel, you know, motivated. I don't want to feel envy. And I would have this conflict running inside my head all the time. And I would just feel so bad about myself that I'm not a good person because I feel these kind of feelings. But then, you know, it was one of, in one of my own sessions where I was a client, you know, I went back to an experience of how as a child, I was so aware of my queer identity. And the only way I could sort of compensate having that identity because I thought I was abnormal was by competing in class, by becoming the first rank holder, by consistently performing and competing and never allowing, you know, other people to secure the first rank. Because for me, that was the only way by which I could um, make my parents or make myself believe that I am good that I'm enough, that uh, even though I have this quote-unquote problem, because I saw that as a problem back then, right? Even though I have this problem, I am still significant and I matter because I am a great student and I have performed so well.
And when I actually went back to that experience, that is when I realized and I could really align that experience that I was feeling in my body with my brain. And it, only then I could really connect my brain to my body, you know, because all of these were feelings that were coming up that I didn't want to feel. And then I was going on coaching my brain that, no, 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 this is not the way you want to feel, Goro, right? You want to feel love. You want to feel connection. You want to feel intimacy. You want to feel motivated and inspired. This is not what you want to feel. But then the feelings were emerging and it was uncontrollable. It was uncontrollable because it was not um, traveled to. It was not integrated. It was not looked with compassion and kindness, which is why I continue to talk about the fact that your mindset is of course something that will ultimately affect your reality, your business, your money, your sales, your client conversion. But to reach that mindset, you have to travel through the body and the experience is trapped in the body. So when we go down that path, we land in two different places. I mean, we could land either or we could land in both. Sometimes we land in childhood, right? And sometimes we land in the intergenerational line as well. Like I gave you two examples of my childhood, right? So similarly, people can have thoughts like, um, I'm not productive enough or I'm not good enough as a coach. I don't deserve to make this money. I cannot be visible because it's not safe. Or maybe if I start off as a coach, I may end up harming someone because I don't have enough qualifications. So what I'm trying to say is these sentences may look like just thoughts and we can treat them as thoughts, of course, but then these sentences will have a story and it is so important to look into those stories. Sometimes those stories may not be ours, right? For example, time and again, I have seen how people go back to finding out in their, sometimes in their trans state, sometimes through different methods, how a death in the family that they never knew about affected their parents' mental health or their parents' mindset or closed their parents and numbed them out and how they are basically the client just did not receive the kind of love that they thought they would receive from their parents because their parents were in a traumatized state. So that is intergenerational. Sometimes things like abortion, miscarriage before the client came into this world could really affect the mindset of the parents and the kind of grief that their parents experience can really shut their nervous system as a result of which the parents are just incapable of you know, providing for their child, providing care, nourishment, love, which may just impact the self-value, the concept of self-value of the client because they never received that kind of love and can, of course, later affect their business sense and the way they show up in the world and the way they market and the way they talk to their clients. They may just continue to feel that they don't have any value, that no one likes them, that no one wants to have them in their life, right? Or maybe they don't deserve the money because money can be equated with love. It can be equated with um, joy and they don't deserve it. Experiences like migration of 
grandparents, great grandparents, even of parents can really, really impact the kind of family the client, you know, anyone can, grows up in because they may just continue to feel that they don't belong, that they were, they are going to be ostracized or being called out, right? Or people who have been parts of or, or segments of um, survivors of communal violence. And they may just continue to feel threat and unsafe in their body. So when they show up, even if they are showing up on a discovery call, signing up a client, or they may just be, you know, uh, trying to market themselves, they may feel continuously that there is some kind of threat that people are going to do something to them. People are going to say ill things about them. Or, you know, the body gives you the signal that there is someone out there who's going to kill you, basically. And you may, you know, you as a coach or you as a healer or you as a therapist may begin to wonder that I don't know why I feel like that when I'm out there marketing on Instagram or on Facebook or, you know, sending out an email. Why do I feel such kind of dread? Why do I feel such kind of fear? And you may even be aware enough to explore your childhood and you can still you may still not find the story there because the story could be somewhere in the intergenerational line right and you need another brain you need another mind you need a therapist slash coach who is trained in intergenerational work to show you that narrative to show you that landscape so it's not um like money coaching actually or business coaching is actually not so simple the way we think about it it's not just about sales strategy it's not just about you know um, organic marketing or, you know, having paid ads or creating a um, million dollar offer, you know, and breaking it down to six simple steps or five simple steps. It's not just that. That is an essential part. I want to repeat myself. That is a really essential part. The practical groundwork, the analytical algorithmic work, the mathematical work, the rational work, is one of the most essential parts. You know, we cannot move ahead without that structure. You know, I always tell people, tell me, what are your money goals for 2023? Like, I just put up a status in my ATEPS private Facebook community group that what's, what's your goal for 2023? And I put down my goal. You know, I asked them for hardcore numbers. Then I said that who wants to earn two lakhs a month or five lakhs a month, you know, and then I put down a strategy. So all of those things are really, really important. The groundwork, the practical work, the hardcore business and finance work, and which is why I exist. I show people that. I give them a roadmap. I coach them on that. I help them build funnels. I help them market authentically on social media. I help them go through step-by-step -step through the sales process. But at the same point of time, I also go deeper below and to the subterranean surface of the body, of the nervous system, into the world of feelings, into the world of stories, into trauma, into childhood, into experiences in the womb, into also intergenerational line, right? And sometimes into trance-like states, which may not have a fixed defined structure, but that is important too. Both are important. And that is what I plan to achieve 
and merge the gap that I have seen in brilliant coaching programs that if we are able to merge this gap between the brain and the body or uh, the mind and the somatic, we will be able to create magic. We will be able to bring such awe and wonder into this world because you know the two polarities will merge, will come together. And this is what my objective, my ambition for ATEPS is. So I just loved talking to all of you on this today. And I'm sure this is going to be one of my most favorite episodes. And I truly hope that even you have enjoyed. If you did, please do get back to me and write to me. I would look forward to listening from you. Write to me on Instagram, DM me at Dr. Gaurav Dekha. I'm going to look forward to hearing from each one of you. Lots of love. Spend your week well. See you soon next week. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are willing to change your business and money reality, head to my free coaching community on Facebook called You Are Money. Link is in the show notes. And do not forget to leave a review on Spotify.com or Apple Podcast. Thank you so much.